Welcome to the Eurofins E&E North America Certificast. I'm Marketing Director Rick Ostapovich, and joining me today is Nick Wainwright from across the pond over in the UK. Thank you so much for joining us. We're glad to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So Nick, tell us, what is your role at Eurofins E&E? I wear two hats, really, in uh, Eurofins e and I'm the chief executive of Eurofins York, and I also am the managing director of Eurofins e e in the UK. I can imagine that a lot of changes are really going on because of the entire Brexit situation. How has that been affecting you? Well, as a country, it's completely divided the nation. Sort of the UK and Europe have had a difficult relationship spanning hundreds of years. You know, the, there have been wars in the past. So that's always been a difficult relationship. And in the early 70s, the UK voted to join what was called the common market at that time. That was the forerunner of the single European market. But even then, the country was very divided on how close a relationship it should have with Europe. The thing to remember is that the UK is an island nation, and it's very protective of its borders. It's very protective of its identity and always has been. So for instance, a few years ago when when Europe adopted the euro as a currency, the UK stuck with the pound. That's just one illustration of that independence. So Brexit really underpins the UK CA mark or the advent of the UK CA mark because up until recently, you know, CE marking has underpinned the single European market. And in fact, the CE mark is a trademark of the European Union. So when a country decides to leave the EU, then there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to be able to use the EU's CE mark anymore. So the sort of search was on for a different product marking system. And the UK government came up with the UK conformity assessed mark, so the UK CE mark as an alternative to the CE mark. So the fact we're going to be marking products differently in the UK is really all related back to Brexit. And also the fact that the UK government had signaled that it wanted the potential for UK regulations to become different from the EU regulations. I think that's very unlikely to happen, but they wanted that to be an option. And of course, you can't have two types of CE marking based on different regulations at that point. So the UK government came up with the UK conformity assessed mark, which is essentially the alternative to the CE mark. There is a slight complication, and that is that the UK CA mark doesn't apply to the UK. And at this point, we need a slight geography lesson. The UK is England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Great Britain is England, Scotland, and Wales. So basically, Great Britain is the UK minus Northern Ireland. Why does that matter? Well, Northern Ireland is the top part of Ireland, and Southern Ireland is still a member of the EU. So there is a land border between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland, and that border is very significant politically. And again, wars have been fought, and up until certainly my lifetime, 
there were troubles between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland, and there was an armed border until only around about 20 years ago. And there was a political agreement between the UK government and the government of Southern Ireland that there shouldn't be a land border. And politically, that is very significant. And of course, when the UK decides then to leave the EU, that's then a problem because the Southern Ireland remains in the EU and Northern Ireland doesn't. Essentially, the solution there is that Northern Ireland remains... Uh, following the EU rules. So Northern Ireland will continue to follow EU rules so that the border between Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland from an economic point of view is not an issue. So that means that CE marking and everything that's currently happening continues in Northern Ireland. So it means that the UK CA mark now just applies to the Great Britain market. So that's England, Scotland and Wales. So that's the main landmass of the UK. The big thing for manufacturers is wondering when these changes take place. Throughout 2021, manufacturers can choose to use the UK CA mark or can continue to CE mark. So that means that CE marking is still acceptable for most products in Great Britain throughout 2021. And that's irrespective of whether a product is already on the market and already being sold or a manufacturer decides to develop a new product and launches it onto the market during 2021. The manufacturer has the choice as to whether to CE mark or to UK CA mark in most cases. The main exception to that, if you're a manufacturer of medical devices, then that standstill period is much longer. CE marking is acceptable in Great Britain until the 30th of June 2023 for medical devices. So for most products, it's 1st of January 2022 when it has to be applied. For medical devices, there's a longer time period. What are the main changes with the new CA mark? I think the first thing to emphasize is that the basic process is very similar to the CE marking process. So a lot of what companies need to do is essentially the same as they're already doing. So the the essential processes are the same. What's actually happening at the end is that a different mark is being put on and there are some different terms for various things. So from the point of view of technical requirements, uh, and this is often what concerns manufacturers, you know, when there's a new mark, the assumption is that maybe there's different standards, they have to have their product retested, there's some cost involved in that. But in terms of the UK CA mark, the technical requirements are exactly the same as they were previously. So if a product is compliant from a CE marking perspective with whatever regulations that product needs to meet, it will be compliant with the UK CA mark requirements, at least on day one. If the requirements diverge over the coming years, then obviously that may not necessarily be the case. 
So there's no retesting to be done. The technical requirements are still the same. As with all these processes, as I say, there's a set of technical requirements and there's also a set of administrative requirements. And you have to meet both in order to be in conformity, whether it's the European directive or it's the UK regulations. So we've got technical requirements and administrative requirements. And it's mainly the administrative requirements where there are the changes. And again, these changes are not really substantial. It's just that the UK government has decided to have a different name for existing things. So it's really a renaming exercise more than anything else. So, for example, most companies will use harmonized European standards to assess their products against. That's very well established under CE marking. In the UK, we will have UK designated standards. Now, you might say, okay, so what's the difference between a harmonized standard and a designated standard? And the answer is nothing. The list of available standards to use for CE marking has been exactly transposed into a different list called the UK designated standards list. And that's how we decide that there are no technical differences. What do companies need to be doing now in order to get ready for the changeover? On the administrative side, there's some paperwork changes that we need to do because, again, things are called by different names. One of the most important documents that a manufacturer will produce is the Declaration of Conformity. So the Declaration of Conformity is signed by somebody empowered in the organization, and that's really the declaration that the product meets the requirements, whatever the requirements are. We still have a Declaration of Conformity. We don't call it an EU Declaration of Conformity. We just call it a Declaration of Conformity. We don't make reference to EU directives. Instead, we make reference reference to UK regulations. We don't put harmonized European standards on, we put UK designated standards. Manufacturers need to produce a separate declaration of conformity, but essentially the information on it is the same. It's just called different things. And so that's certainly something where we can come in and we can provide that assistance to manufacturers and helping them understand there are no real differences other than name changes. But in the future, there very well could be differences to the standard, however subtle. Yes, I think where we can help manufacturers is, yes, is deciding, well, first of all, when do they want to uh, actually apply the new UK CA mark. We can certainly help them with that. And they may also be integrating other components and sub-assemblies into their product as well. And they may need some help liaising with those subcontractors. I think the other thing is that there's an assumption that the existing declaration of conformity and the existing product is actually compliant. Now, that might seem a strange thing to say, but the market surveillance that goes on in Europe for many of the existing European directives shows that there are a lot of products on the market that are not compliant in some way. You know, some are not technically compliant, some are not administratively compliant, some are not compliant to either. And often the manufacturer isn't aware of that. And the two reasons that a product that was originally compliant when it was first placed on the market becomes non-compliant are twofold. First of all, the standard may have changed. So there may be a new version of the standard and the manufacturer hasn't realized. So he's still declaring the product against the old version. And the second is that the product itself may have changed. 
So if the product was originally tested three, four, five years ago, it's probably a different product now. It might look the same, it might be called the same, but technology will have changed. It may have a few more features. The circuitry inside, the technology inside may have changed. So again, that product may not be the same as the one that was on the original declaration of conformity. So if that's the case, simply transferring the information from an invalid CE marking declaration of conformity to an invalid UKCA marking declaration of conformity doesn't help anybody. So one of the things that Eurofins can help with is that compliance review to make sure that the baseline is actually correct. And it doesn't really matter where manufacturers are located around the world. We can offer that assistance to anyone. That's right. Yes, yes. It doesn't matter where they are because the ultimate requirements are are still the same. And the other area that we can help them with is making sure that they fully understand how to get their product on the market. Because if they getting want to get their product onto the Great Britain market, then previously they may have put the product on the single European market, and that by default was also the UK market. And so that may have been, let's say, for example, through Germany. So let's say the manufacturer was in China, placed the product on the market, ultimately in Germany, that's part of the single European market, and that would give them access to the UK market. From the 1st of January 2021, they can no longer do that because the UK or the Great Britain market is no longer part of the single European market. So they have to import that product directly by using an importer who is based in Great Britain. So they now have two importers. They have one to continue to import it onto the single European market, and they have another to import it into the Great Britain market. And that's very important because otherwise the access to the Great Britain market may be stopped because they haven't appointed an importer. Just speaking for myself, if I were a manufacturer, I would certainly love to have someone that I could rely on for anything when it comes to standards. And we certainly want folks to know that Eurofins E&E can be that shoulder to lean on. I think that's right, because the penalties for getting it wrong are, first of all, you might not be able to get the product onto the Great Britain market, which obviously has financial implications. And secondly, if your product actually really isn't compliant, then market surveillance, which is going to become more active in 2021 in the EU and the UK through something called the goods package. So actually, enforcement will become more widespread. So enforcement will become more more onerous. There'll be more of it. There'll be more market surveillance. So the chances of being found out that your product isn't appropriately marked, isn't compliant, is obviously higher. And, you know, the ultimate sanction would be for the product to be taken off the market or alternatively for a manufacturer to be requested to retrofit or to fix the products that are out there. So if you're a manufacturer who's making a lot of product, that is a very, very big sanction. This has been very informational. Obviously, we will look for more guidance to come from Eurofins as things continue to progress. Absolutely. 
It's time to wrap things up with some legal and marketing information. The Certificast is a production of Eurofins e North America. No part of this podcast may be used without our expressed written consent. If you have any feedback, please send us an email at marketing at metlabs.com. If you want more information about our testing, inspection, and certification services, visit our website at metlabs.com. Thanks for listening to the Certificast. Have a great day.